This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 40. It's November 17th, 2021, and if you've been participating in the Fall Zebra Furniture Flip or you've been following along, you know what this date is all about. Today, you can pull up the hashtag Zebra Furniture Flip and enjoy all the before and afters, or should we say ugly ducklings to swans and enjoy the transformations. We'll hear from our Zebra Furniture Flip host, Jen Talley, along with several other participants. Shelly with Basalt Mesa Studios shares a refinishing tip on how to keep your brushes from drying out when you're working on projects. We hear from Tava with Rustic Retouches by Tava as she shares interesting discoveries about a few of her pieces in our If This Piece Could Talk segment. We hear from Krista with Deer Run Vintage as she shares about her very popular buffet that has gotten all the buzz the past few weeks. And we have community news at the end. Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Yes, today really is the 17th, the day that all Zebra Furniture Flip participants must have their ugly ducklings turned into beautiful swans and posted on your IG accounts by 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have had so much fun seeing your stories and all the hard work you guys have put into the refinishing process. Each of you deserve accolades for your determination and creativity. Let's take a few moments to hear from our host, Jen Talley. Hello, Furniture Flip contestants. It is Jen Talley, and today is an exciting day. It's November 17th. It is the day that we finally get to see the reveal of your beautiful swans. Remember, post on your feed the before and after photos of your piece, as well as any additional photos that you'd like us to see, maybe a nice close-up or a different angle. Make sure you tag myself, Perfectly Imperfect Furnitures, Zebra Painting, and use our hashtag Zebra Furniture Flip. You guys, this has been so much fun. I have enjoyed every story and every second of it. I've loved watching your process and seeing how you guys are transforming your pieces, talking about your inspiration, and even seeing what struggles you had and maybe some things that you learned along the way. And I promise you guys, even if your swan is not chosen as one of the top three, please know that I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you for just taking part in this and doing this. I'm sure you learned something along the way. You definitely kept me entertained, and I think the public enjoyed watching as well. And no matter what, you no longer have an ugly duckling. You have a beautiful swan. So congratulations. So get those pieces posted, you guys. Like I said, today is the day. Ah, oh, so excited. Thanks, Jen. Now the hard work falls upon you as you have to pick out three pieces that will be our three finalists. Have fun, Jen. Actually, I know you will. We also wanted to hear from a few of you that are participating. Let's do that now. Hey, everyone. It's Janelle from Black Rock Restorations, and I just wanted to give you a little catch up on my ugly ducklings that are now finished. I finished them. They are beautiful swans. Let me tell you guys, these nightstands may not have been in horrible shape or anything like that. Like I needed to do major repairs. It was more of let's take the whole thing apart and rebuild it into something more modern. And I think I accomplished it. I cannot wait to show you guys the before and after of these nightstands because they do not look the same. <laughs> this challenge was so much fun. 
I loved how much it challenged me to try new things like building a base. I always see furniture artists building these beautiful bases and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I can do it. And then I chicken out and I'm like, nope, we're not going to do it. We're not. (laughs) But this time it pushed me and I did it and I love it. And I'm so proud of myself, but I just wanted to give a big shout out to Jen Talley and Zebra Painting for putting this all together. It has been so much fun to watch everyone's transformations on their stories and on their reels. And good luck to everyone who's participating. And I cannot wait to see all your reveals. Hello everyone, this is Heather from 1600 West Woodworks. We have just finished up our ugly duckling for the zebra furniture flip and we are working on staging and getting that final photo. This is our very first zebra challenge to enter and we have enjoyed following everyone's progress on Instagram stories and connecting with a few new accounts along the way. This is such a fun community. My favorite part of this business is of course seeing your vision come to life and I can't wait to see all of the beautiful swans. Good luck everyone. Hey friends, it's Crystal with Foster Farmhouse Furniture. I am just putting the final touches on my ugly duckling today. I added one more coat of stain on top and so now I'm getting ready to apply the polyvine. I found some really fun staging items at Goodwill this weekend. I cannot wait to get photographs of this piece and share her with you guys. It has been so fun seeing all your pieces on your stories, even learning and sharing some new tricks and tips. This has been such a great experience. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have, and I cannot wait to see your ugly ducklings turned into swans. Hey everyone, this is Leslie Rowan from Made by Rowans, and I'm just finishing up my piece of furniture from the fall furniture flip. This was the first Instagram challenge I participated in, and I had so much fun doing it. I love flipping furniture because each piece is unique. I have to say, each piece I've done has never been restored in the exact same way. This zebra challenge is great because it gives you ample time to figure out the best way to tackle a project and get it completed. To everyone who accepted this challenge, way to go. We are all in this together, saving these pieces from landfills and giving them new life. I cannot wait till the next challenge. Hey everyone, it's Megan at Chapter 2 Furniture. I've been looking forward to this. I'm thrilled with the way that my credenza turned out. I can't wait for you to see it. It's an amazing transformation and different than anything I've ever done before. But as excited as I am to be sharing my own piece for the Zebra Ugly Duckling contest today, I think I'm even more excited to see all the other submissions. There is such a ridiculous amount of creativity and talent within this furniture refinishing community. You are all a constant source of inspiration to me. I feel so blessed to be a part of it, and I can't wait to see your pieces. Good luck, everyone. Thanks, everyone. You all have been great. Just as a reminder, we will announce the three finalists on a special edition of our podcast that will air on Monday the 22nd. After they are announced on our podcast, the finalists will be posted on enjoyzebra.com for you to go out and vote for your favorite. Then on our December 1st podcast, we will announce the winner of the 2021 Fall Zebra Furniture Flip Challenge. We can't wait. A few months ago, we announced that we were adding a new segment to our podcast called If This Piece Could Talk. I'm sure all of you have wondered often about the pieces you bring home to refinish and what the story is behind each one. 
who or what manufacturer made it, who owned it, and what was their stories? Was it given to them as a gift? And on and on. This segment is all about uncovering some of those stories. Today, we hear from Teva with Rustic Retouches by Teva. She contacted us about a few pieces she acquired and some information that she learned later about them. We know you will enjoy hearing about her discoveries. Hi, Teva. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lane. How are you? I'm doing so good. I hope you're doing well today, too, because you're working today. Yes, <laughs> but I'm <laughs> off tomorrow to paint at home. So <laughs> Yeah, I bet you're looking forward to that. Yes, I look forward to those days most of the time. <laughs> exactly. Depends on what stage you're at in the refinishing process, I'm assuming. <laughs> exactly. Listen, before we hear about some of the neat discoveries and stories you have on a few of your pieces, we want to get to know you a little bit better. You're in Alabama. What part? Um, I live just outside of Dothan, Alabama, um, which I guess for the best reference, I live about an hour from Panama City Beach. <laughs> yeah, so that's southern Alabama. So you're you're probably really close to Georgia and Florida. Yes. So I live um, about five minutes from the Alabama Georgia line. Wow, yeah, you got a lot of options there. And you said you're close to what did you say, Panama Beach? So that's in Florida. Yes. So Panama City is um, apparently known for having the widest sand, sandy beaches. And I never knew that growing up. So whenever I went to Charleston, um, we went to the beach there visiting family. And I was like, Mama, why is their sand not white? <laughs> she said, well, that's why everyone likes Panama City. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've never been to that part of the country, but uh, would love to sometime. And that's so cool that you live in one state, but you're so close to two other states. So it's just kind of a neat, neat fact. Yes, lots of options, but it is hot, hot, hot down here. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. So you're from Alabama then? Yes, born and raised. <laughs> wow. It's kind of neat, though, isn't it, to, um, to live in an area where you were born and raised in because you knew so many people and nothing like having family around as well. Yes, you're exactly right. So, Tavia, you're a faithful listener to the podcast, which I might add, we very much appreciate that. It's nice to have you on and nice to talk to uh, somebody who is so consistently faithful to listen on a regular basis. I understand you've listened to quite a few of the episodes we've had. Yes. So, I've listened to every single episode. <laughs> I don't know how many I've like binge to listen to, but I got my mom last December. She got me um, a bag of like one of the kits of all the brushes for Christmas. And your little card was in it that said, check out this podcast. And I had just started listening to podcasts. And I think it took me probably three or four days, but I sat and listened to every single one of them while I was painting. And once I finally got caught up, now I have to wait for them all to come out. <laughs> That's right. So I patiently wait every week. <laughs> yeah. And what a joy it'll be to, to hear next week's, which you will be on, which uh, is pretty exciting to, to know that you've listened to all of them and you'll get to hear your own voice on it. I, I'm a little nervous about it. I feel like I have the worst accent ever. So hopefully it won't sound too bad. <laughs> No, no. It's really a lot of fun to hear the different accents of our guests that are really from all over the world. Now, Teva, you reached out about one of our segments, If This Piece Could Talk, because you have a few pieces that you have been able to learn more about their history. One of those pieces is almost 100 years old, 
and you've actually spoken to the original owners. If you would describe the piece and then tell us what you learned about it. So um, this piece came from a local uh, thrift store that supports our Humane Society. And I'm a dog mom, so I love shopping there. And um, they were unloading it out of the truck. All I saw originally were just the drawers, and they were dovetails. So I immediately am looking to see what they're about. So I'm, I'm going to call it a chiffre robe. I'm really not sure what it is, but it has, um, I think, five drawers in the middle. It's got the the two drawer or two doors on either side that are really slender that you can hang like hang up clothes in. And then there's a drawer, a long drawer on the top. And it's rather tall. And whenever they took it out of the truck, they went to go. I'd already paid for it. They said $50. And I said, sold. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. It was was already painted a very, I like the color of it. I'm going to call it like a mauve color. Uh And they were went to go put the drawers in. And one of the drawers was missing. And I, they, he was racking his brain. He said, I'll give you your money back. I said, no, I refinished furniture. I'm buying this piece. Even if I have to turn <laughs> that missing drawer into a cubby, <laughs> I'm buying right. this piece. <laughs> so they gave me her name and her phone number. And um, I gave her a call. And um, her name was Miss Johnston. And she actually did not live very far from me. And she told me I could come pick the drawer up from her house. And whenever I got there, I rang the doorbell, but she wasn't there. And um, she called me, though, after I left. And um, I think we had chatted via text first, which is pretty impressive because um, she's 82 years old. And we were on the phone for probably an hour. She was ecstatic (laughs) that someone got that piece of furniture that actually cared about, you know, the history of it. I I told her about the podcast and I would love to be able to somehow see it, like let her listen to this because she was telling me that piece was actually her parents piece of furniture. And so it's older than her. And she guessed it would be almost probably about a hundred years old. It was one of the first pieces they ever bought after they got married. And she said it was purchased in Duncanville, Alabama, which I think she said is close to Tuscaloosa. Uh And she gave me her parents' names. And um, she did tell me that she had it painted in well, she said around 1976, and the paint job is still crackling, but I like the way it looks. It's crackling just right, almost like, you know, you meant for it to happen. It is missing. I think she changed the hardware out, and so, of course, after talking to her, I'm not getting rid of this piece, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I really don't even think I want to paint it. I may just put some different hardware on it. But um, I think that that is going to be something that stays in my house for years and years to come. <laughs> now, Tava, I just wanted to clarify something. Now, you said Miss Johnson owned this piece, and this was a wedding. Did you say her parents gave this to her as a wedding gift? Yes. Well, I, I'm not sure if it was her wedding gift, but she said that um, it belonged to them. So she knows it's older than what 
she so she's 82 uh-huh. but she said they bought it right after they got married so it was one of the first pieces that they bought together after they got married yeah and then you said she had it painted in 1976 i believe yes she says she had it professionally painted in 1976 um I, she doesn't remember who did it but it's still still lasting so they did a good job <laughs> Yeah, well, like you mentioned, this is authentic and truly age crackling, right? I mean, it's the result of a lot of aging in years. Yes, it really is. Such a sweet thing. So I wonder if when she had it painted, did she allude to the fact, was it just natural wood and she painted onto the wood or had had them paint on the wood or was it another color? Did she give you any details on that? I want to say that she said it was like a whitish color that maybe had yellowed a little bit, Mm -hmm. and that's why she painted it. But she thinks that her mother painted it. And so that's why it yellowed, or it was originally all wood, I believe. So I'm just curious, um, why did she get rid of it? Um, She having to sell things? Well, she said, and she had talked to me about letting me come in to see what else she had. She just said um, she was so sweet, and I just have a sweet spot for old people. <laughs> and she said, you know, I'm just, I'm 82 years old, and I'm not going to be here forever, and she isn't going to be here forever. And she just had to part with some things that she knew her children would probably not want once she passed mm-hmm. away. Mm. And um, she said it was very hard for her to make the decision to get rid of it, but I, I think she was really excited that it went to someone, like I said, who was actually interested in the history of it because I could just tell how excited she was to talk to me about it. Yeah, what a sweet story. And, you know, how cool that uh, because of the decision she made, a lot of other people learning about the history of this piece as well. And I just want to let our listeners know that uh, if you go to enjoyzebra.com, you go to the podcast page. You scroll to the bottom once you get on our homepage of enjoyzebra.com. Scroll down to the bottom and you'll see podcast. Click on that because next to um, the podcast will be uh, the pieces that we're talking about with Tava. And you'll be able to see and look at this, uh, look at these pieces. Now, Tava, you mentioned, and I've never seen a piece like this. This is extremely unique. And I don't, I don't even know. Um, it's inter- it would be interesting to know, is there a stamp or a mark, some sort of manufacturer? Was it handmade? Do you know anything about that? I have taken the drawers out a couple of times, and I haven't found anything. But I may need to let my boyfriend look. He seems to be the winner at finding things because he is the one who found the treasures out of the other two pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's probably good at investigations. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, you, you mentioned as well, and I was just kind of curious about this, that uh, sometimes it's a little bit hard to tell in a photograph the width and the height of, of, uh, of a piece of furniture, smaller piece, because those two side drawers allow you to hang clothing. Any idea or have you measured it roughly how tall this piece really is? So it is about my height, and I'm not very tall, <laughs> but um, it's a little over five feet tall. Wow, that is a good size. And it is so unique, uh, as you mentioned, with these two side doors and then the five doors in the middle and then the long wide drawer at the top. Um, But what's unique to me are those side drawers that allow you to hang clothes, probably like shirts and pants and that sort of thing. Uh, It's almost like it's almost like a um, 
hybrid armoire. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is really different. Yes, exactly. I didn't think about it that way, but you're exactly right. Well, that that's just such a neat story. I hope you can continue to stay in touch with Miss Johnston, and um, and hopefully she can listen to the podcast as well. It is uh, it's neat that you know the story, you know her story, and you'll be able to continue to pass it on to your family. And uh, or at some point, you can always share that story with them. Now, you did have you do have a couple more pieces. Uh, let's talk about one of the pieces. Uh, you said you found or your your boyfriend found a letter, a handwritten letter in one of them. Yes. So the two piece the other two pieces actually came from the same place. Um, a local antique store. They consign things. They're relatively well priced so that I can, you know, still get them and, you know, have wiggle room if it's not right. something that I wanna keep. And I went in there and I saw those two pieces and I said, I have to have these. <laughs> <laughs> and I had them for a little while and they're stored at my great aunt's house right now because I've run out of room with my collection of things. <laughs> and we were over there and Blake, my boyfriend, was like, you know, it would be really cool if you found something. Do you ever find anything in these pieces when I see you, you know, cleaning them out so good? And, you know, the thing we all like to do. <laughs> and lo and behold, he opens the drawer and, or he pulled the drawers out. I don't know how I didn't see them, but he finds these letters. And there's actually also a rain check from, it's from Margarine. 69 cents for one pound of margarine and it's from Eckerd's drugstore but it's from 1974 it looks like okay. so the but there was a letter in this one from um, a young lady it was to a young lady named Amelia from her friend Agnes which I think is a pretty name um, they're both pretty names, but you just don't hear the name Agnes much mm. anymore. <laughs> no, you don't. But it, it's, it's kind of sad because it does say that she spent her Christmas alone. So there was a sweet letter from Agnes to Amelia, and um, she was just writing her to tell her thank you for something, but to also wish her a Merry Christmas. So, Tava, just so our listeners know as well, when they, especially when they go out to our site, because I'm sure they're going to want to see these pieces, the handwritten letter from Agnes to Amelia came out of this buffet that is so unique. I have never seen a buffet like that. Have you, have you seen anything like this before? I have not. Um, it, was, it was very, it stood out. It was very interesting to me. And I could, I'm upset. There was a small marble top that was in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And when we went to go pick it up, they took it off so it wouldn't break, and we forgot it there. So they probably put it on something else. So do you think the marble top like came with it originally? I'd, I'm really not sure. That's a really good question because it didn't really look like it belonged on the top. And there was no, you would think there would be some sort of outline where it had probably mm -hmm. sat there. Yeah. And it, so I don't think it was original to the piece. Well, maybe they added that later and used it for cutting cheese like a cutting board. You know, that that is that makes a lot of sense because there's it's it's for sure a serving buffet when you open 
the front, there's drawers in it, like mm-hmm. for um, utensils and maybe silver or something like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting, uh, especially for our listeners that aren't able to look at it at the moment. It's very angular on the side, the angled side. You know, it's wider in the back than it is in the front. And it's got sort of uh, cross legs at the bottom to support it. And it's got a lot of detail on it. I'm just curious, Tava, on the sides, there's not, there's, are those, the hardware on the side, are those just for decoration or does that actually open up? No, they do. Both of those doors do actually open. Um, and there's a keyhole on one of them, but the key wasn't, wasn't with it. So you're talking about though on the front, correct? Um, well, they're kind of on the side. You can't, you probably can't see the piece of hardware because it's just a wood knob that kind of blends in, but it opens from the front and the sides. Yeah. How cool, though, that you've got this piece and you found this handwritten letter. That is just absolutely terrific. And uh, and then to be able to, you know, to, to read the letter and see the communication between the two friends. Um, it's interesting. Any ideas at all uh, what the date? Does, does the letter have a date on it? I couldn't remember whether you mentioned that. Well, it says December 29. And I'm thinking that is just December 29th. Um, there wasn't a, like a year, um, but the rain check, um, I think that was just the day, mm-hmm. but the rain check that was with it was from 1974. Okay, gotcha. So it could be, you know, and those dates could be way off, right? I mean, they could be close or they could be, you know, the, the letter could have been written many, many years before the rain check, I suppose. That's uh, really interesting. So then you have one other piece that you, uh, I have, you said, an an interesting letter in that. Now, this piece, describe it to our listeners. It's a tall, is it a chest of drawers, I guess you could call it? Yes, and it's it's about as tall as the first piece. It's a a little, about my height, about five feet tall. Um, It's very wide, and you could lock the drawers. There's a little slender piece on the right that had hinges, Yes, it had hinges, and I couldn't figure out what the hinges were for. But it, what it is, is when you close the little piece, it it locks the drawers. It would keep you from opening the drawers, but I don't have the key. Mm. But you're able to get in. You just can't lock it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and gotcha. I don't, I hopefully wouldn't get locked out, but the, it looks like the um, there's like a, a padlock on the back of it. Okay, very interesting. And this piece also has little uh, casters at the bottom. Yes, it does. It's I haven't decided what I want to do with it yet, but I really like the drawer fronts. I'm thinking like a wash, a color wash of some sort, and then leaving the raised details natural. Um, but it does have all of the original hardware, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> Yeah, boy, that's unusual, isn't it? To you know, to have a piece that looks pretty, pretty aged, but to have all the hardware and it has the, you know, the little ring hardware, and none of those rings are missing. It appears it looks like it's all t- together now. It, it resembles a little bit of an East Lake dresser. Do you know if this is classified? I may be way off, but I'm just taking a guess. No, I, I, I don't know. I haven't done any. East Lake pieces yet. I think, no, I have a Heppelwhite vanity in storage. I didn't think about it being East Lake 
I that never crossed my mind. I, that's a good point. Yeah, it may be. We'll have to see what others say about it. So you said your boyfriend found a letter in this one as well. Tell us about it. Yes. So um, it's a letter from a lawyer's office, and it's basically telling someone it seems like they were trying to buy some land from this individual, and they responded to say that they were not interested in selling the land. Now, any dates on that letter? Yes, it's dated for 1982. So not, not you know, not as old as the other letter, I don't think. But um, it was pretty interesting that to know that they bought a hundred. Yeah, anytime you can find any kind of documentation, letter, correspondence, or anything in a piece that you have, it just automatically personalizes it. And even if we're not able to, to just, you know, to gather a whole lot of information from the letters or the receipts or whatever, that it's still, it's still just, it's a part of the piece, isn't it? Exactly. Yes. So anything interesting in the letter from the attorney? Uh, because you said it was the, the attorney was writing a letter of correspondence to the individual who owned the dresser. Yes. So it just it says they were interested in buying 171 acres of woodland. And I'm assuming the lawyer was, you know, when he responded, he was just saying that. Apparently, the attorney was representing somebody else who was wanting to buy acreage from the person who owned the dresser, we're assuming. And what was the what were they trying to buy? How many acres? Um, it was 172 acres of land. Mm, any? I'm curious. Anything about price? It seems like they got it. They auctioned it off, and the buyer got it for seven thousand dollars. Tava, we love these stories and thanks so much for sharing them with us, which is really keeping them alive. You were kind enough to share with us on your lunch break, so we'll let you go so you can go grab a quick bite to eat. Thanks, Tava. Thank you so much. I would love if y'all would check me out on social media. I can be found on both Facebook and Instagram by searching Rustic Retouches by Tava, no spaces, and my name is spelled T-A-V-A, like Ava, but with a T. Thanks for having me online. I had a great time. I hope you'll have a great day. If you have interesting information about a piece you have refinished and would like to share it on our podcast, please contact me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Zebra, designers and innovators of the only application-specific brushes found anywhere on the planet. This week, we have launched our new line of top coat brushes. These brushes are engineered and crafted with filaments replicating and superseding the benefits of natural filaments. They are currently sold in a three-piece, very nicely designed box set. You'll receive a 2-inch Palm Pro flat top coat, a 2.5-inch flat stubby top coat, and a 3-inch long handle top coat. Our crew put in a great deal of time and effort developing this new line, and we can't wait to hear your opinions on these most incredibly smooth filaments that will leave incredibly smooth finishes. Just what you're looking for to lay down your final touches with your liquid top coats. Go to enjoyzebra.com and click on the Top Coats tab. You can order your set today. Today's refinishing tip comes from Shelly with Basalt Mesa Studios. 
Hi friends, this is Shelly from Basalt Mesa Studio in Colorado. I have a very simple tip. I was having some trouble with my brush getting crusty and dry as I worked with it. Um, sometimes I would put the brush down to use a different color and then come back to it and it didn't seem like it was staying moist enough when I put it inside of a plastic container. So what I do is I keep a moist um, microfiber rag next to my workspace and I just fold it over and when I'm done with the brush or using a different brush at the moment what I do is just slip that brush inside that microfiber rag for the moments that I'm not using it and it keeps that paint from drying up on the edge. Also to achieve a really smooth finish if you're a brush painter like I am I don't spray anything what I do is I work with a fine mist spray bottle and as I am proceeding I keep my edge wet with a fine mist and then after each coat is finished I go back over it with a sanding sponge of usually a medium grit and wipe it down again and then apply my next coat using the same process of the fine mist uh, sprayer and it with each coat it comes out really smooth and reduces brush strokes. So that's my tip for the day. Have a great one. Love the tip, Shelly. And may we add, and this goes without saying coming from me, make sure you're using your zebra paintbrushes as well to help you achieve those streak-free finishes. Periodically, we will feature artists on the podcast that have refinished a piece that has received a lot of attention. In mid-October, we highlighted one such piece as our daily Zebra Weekly pick, and it received a lot of likes and comments. It was a buffet refinished by Krista with Deer Run Vintage. We wanted to have Krista on the podcast to talk more about it. Let's check in with Krista now. Hi, Krista. How are you today? I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing great. And can you believe that uh, Thanksgiving Christmas is around the corner? I know. I, I want to tell you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I am so not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think many people are. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but when you go to the stores, you see, gosh, you know, we saw Christmas decorations before October. I think they keep bumping it up. My students just asked me today, when are we going to decorate the classroom for Christmas? And I said, we are waiting until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's smart and wise. I think that's mm -hmm. good. <laughs> well, listen, Krista, you refinished a buffet back in October. And, well, let's yes. just say it was quite popular. Did you think it would get so much attention when you were working on it? No, I, I never really know what to expect other than to say buffets are my favorite pieces. And so... I always tend to love them, but whether or not my followers will love them as much as I do is kind of anybody's guess. But yes, this one was, was quite popular, fortunately. Yeah. Well, just for our listeners, uh, listeners, you can see this piece on enjoyzebra.com and just go to the podcast page. Now, Krista, there was something about the color red, I believe, that is involved <laughs> in the story of this buffet. Am I correct on that? <laughs> yeah. So it came to me completely covered in a shell of red paint. And as a refinisher, I typically try to stay away from pieces that already have the red paint on them, mainly because oftentimes the dyes in the red seem to hold on in the grain of the wood even mm -hmm. after you've stripped it. So I kind of worse than other colors, I feel like it almost tints the wood, if you will. Yeah. But I was willing to give this one a try because, again, buffets are my favorite, and this was a beautiful buffet. 
Um, and my client who I was doing the work for wanted the legs to be a natural wood and then paint on the body. So I gave it a go and fortunately it worked out really, really good. It did. That was, uh, it paid off now. So, so this was a commission piece in your client. Did you find it for your client or did your client find it for you to refinish? This was one that she had actually purchased. My client purchased and then brought to me to refinish. Yeah, and you went, oh, man, why did it have to have red all over it? <laughs> she she sent me pictures, and at first I thought, oh, Lordy, it's red. But then I thought, oh, Lordy, it's a buffet, so I, I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, that scale is just too heavy on the buffet side, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> so um, for our listeners' sake, and again, I mentioned earlier they can go check this out. I'm sure they will, but let's say they're driving or they're actually working in their studio um, or jogging, you know, all those good things that we do when we're uh-huh. listening to podcasts. Tell tell our listeners what it is. Um, you know, there's tons of different buffets, but describe it for our listeners. And then, if you don't mind, just kind of go into detail. So, you know, we found out that it was red. Like, tell us the process you went through to get it to where it's at today, but describe it for our listeners first, just so they can have that in their mind's eye. Sure. So, I'm pretty much a leggy person. I love furniture that has legs on it, and this buffet... Um, does have, it actually, gosh, one, two, three, at least six legs, if not eight. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it had eight gorgeous, you know, turned wood legs. Um, but everything, the body and the legs, everything was covered in the red paint when she brought it to me. And so my first step was trying to get rid of the red paint. And I actually, that took me a few days to find out a good process for it. But what I figured out was if I would put the stripper on, say, in the evening and then let it just sit overnight, it, it would soften up the, the paint quite a bit. And so then when I came back to it, I put another coat of stripper on there and just leave it for about 15 minutes. And then I was able to just take a paper towel and I could basically wipe all of it off. It kind of came off in a shell. I believe it was latex paint that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that's easier to, to strip than say a milk paint or something. But being that there were so many legs, <laughs> it took quite a bit for me to get all of the paint off. But then once I got the paint off, interestingly, neither the client nor I had noticed that some of the back areas of the legs and underneath a previous owner had a dog who liked to chew on those legs. And so there were a lot of bite marks from the dog in there and, those teeth had just Mm -hmm. really drilled the red paint down into the wood. And so it was really difficult to get all of the wood, uh, the red paint out. So what I ended up doing was actually mixing up a color of paint to mix so that it matched the color of the, the legs once they were stripped. And then, you know, I kind of stepped back and looked at it. It looked a whole lot better, but I don't know if it was in my mind or if I really was seeing a tent of red still in the wood. So then I did go back and add a little bit of a darker stain to them to kind of hide any kind of red tent that might have still been there. Oftentimes when I do these natural wood legs, I'll just strip them and then go straight to my sealer, my poly or whatever I'm using. So this is a bit unusual that I did a stain on, on this set. But then once I got the stain on there and the sealer on there, then the legs looked really, really good. And then all I needed to do on the body, I didn't have to strip the body. I just covered it up in some new paint. And if they go and look at the picture, they'll see what the final product looked like. And like we said earlier, lots of people really liked the way it turned out. Yeah, I'm sure your client did as well. 
Yes, she was very happy too. <laughs> she and like I said, she hadn't even realized that there was a bunch of the the munch marks from the dog from yeah. the lake. So that was kind of a surprise for both of us once I got the the paint off of there. Yeah, I, I assume you kept her informed. Like this is taking a little bit longer, a little more work than <laughs> I anticipated. Yeah, I always share in my stories when I have kind of a big process of a project like that and. But I never know for sure if they're going to be ones that watch the stories or, you know, maybe they miss a yeah. story a day or something. So, yeah, I definitely take pictures and send videos and, and get their input. So she was good with it all. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, especially to, to get what the final product was. Right. Yeah, you know, it's so funny you said red. Um, <laughs> and especially when you were talking about these marks and you didn't notice them, maybe that's why they painted it red is to cover up all the that bite marks. That could be. <laughs> and that was one conversation I had with her. I said, well, you know, I'm not able to get all this red out. So my options would be to try and kind of match with paint the color of the wood, or I could just repaint everything the color of the body that, you know, what we were going to go with the body. And she chose to, to stick it out and see what it looked like without painting the legs in full, I guess. So, yeah, again, it worked out really well. Yeah, so I'm looking at these pictures, uh, especially this one particular picture that you have on your IG account, and it's a close-up of a pretty good-sized chunk that looks like that the, the dog really yes. enjoyed. Maybe he thought it was yeah. a chicken bone or something. I don't, I don't know if it was, you know, growing new teeth, so it felt the need to, you know, puppies yeah. a lot of times will chew on everything right. that they can find. But, yeah, this, that dog really went at it. And, really, the lucky thing is that big chunk that you can see on that Instagram picture was underneath. I don't know if you can tell from the picture, but I'm looking at it from the bottom toward uh -huh. the top. Okay. and toward the back of the buffet. So when the buffet is in its upright position, that's not front and center. You don't see it, which was a good thing. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. So you didn't have to build out anything. You just sanded it smooth. And so there is some formation issues on the back of the spindle. Right, but you can't see that. And if I were to you know, try and do, I don't know, Bondo or wood filler or something to reform the shape, then it would have been a lot more difficult to make that look like the wood. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot more noticeable. So because it was in a kind of a hidden position, the client and I agreed that we didn't need to worry about doing that. So I have a question. Uh, I think it's really interesting. Uh, some of the processes you went through to, to make it uh, a really beautiful piece. But so you had these these bite marks. You did what you could to sand them and to, to strip everything out. Mm -hmm. You said you used paint to match to uh, the maple. I guess it's a maple right. wood. Now, uh -huh. when, so you did that, and then you stained over it. The paint handled the stain okay, so there wasn't any strange, like, um, colorations in, in the spindles? Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I actually stained first and then painted or painted and then stained, honestly. I think, I think I did paint first, but, yeah, I didn't notice that once the stain got on top of the paint that I had used that it, it did anything crazy, you know, chemical reaction-wise mm -hmm. at all. I think it was, it was fine. And it was just some basic, I don't know, acrylic paint that you could buy in, you know, in the little bottles like mm -hmm. at Hobby Lobby or Walmart or whatever. That okay. was all that I used. Yeah. And yeah. so you just you just mixed until you got what you felt was until close I, enough. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I bet you had a lot of little areas that you had to do that on. Yeah, it it was a lot, but again, it was a buffet, so it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You just kept. You probably just kept stepping back like a few feet and go like, yeah, get back to it. Right. And, you know, truly, if somebody were to get down on their hands and knees and look really, really closely, they may find another red speck or two somewhere in there. But 
overall, it's not noticeable and, and looks okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay if they do. That's part of the history of the piece. Exactly. And, and you know, and, and I say that tongue in cheek, but that, but that is true. I mean, you know, um, one of the exciting things about getting a, a piece like that is that probably a lot of people would have taken this piece and maybe just sprayed it one color or uh-huh. they would have potentially just stuck it somewhere in the shed or in a garage and used it as a, you know, as a, as a uh, you know, something to work off of. Right. But, you know, a refinisher is to be credited by so much because of what you do to it and you go to the extra links to, to bring back its beauty. Yes. There's still so much use, so much value to me in the pieces, even that, you know, they're pretty rough a lot of times when they come to me, but boy, I always see potential somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Saving great. it from the landfills or from getting burned or, yep. you know, grandpa's garage, whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, like I said, those workbenches, you got to have something to work on. And uh, sometimes we use things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I just bought a piece that is gorgeous and was basically used in an elderly man's garage as like a toolbox. But I, it's oh, wow. sitting in my living room right now. <laughs> yeah, well, that goes to show you, you can you can make something that somebody doesn't necessarily put the same value on, and you can bring back it, bring it back to life, and uh, enjoy yes. it for many more generations to come. So, in some sometimes when we hear these stories, we think about, oh my goodness, that's so much work, so much time. So, just curious, roughly, generally speaking, how much time did you put into this piece? Oh, I feel like I. Well, first of all, I don't really like to keep track of my time because truth be told, if I were to charge by the hour of the work that I did, nobody would be able to afford me. So the good thing about that, though, is I love to do this furniture, furniture refinishing stuff. You know, it's 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 a passion of mine. So oftentimes I put more work into it than other people might. But I worked on it, I would say, over the course of two weeks and on the weekends, I would probably spend a good at least four hours or so a day. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a teacher by day, so I'd only be able to spend my evenings on it, um, you know, maybe a couple of hours at the most and maybe not even each night. So I don't yeah. know. However, that would all figure out. Well, it's like what you said earlier. The important thing is that you enjoy it and have a good time with it. I'm sure uh, you would yes. probably say the same that many people say that painting is very therapeutic. And uh, yes, it's, it's a good yes. thing. totally agree. I wouldn't say that sanding back red paint and trying to pick out dog mark paint things, you know, <laughs> that's not so therapeutic. But when yeah. it gets to the end, it feels really good to have made it come back to life. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to tell us about it and go into the details. Um, there's so much gleaning that takes place when we see beautiful pieces like this. And then we hear really the behind the scenes of what it took to get it to where it is at today and uh, being enjoyed. So. <laughs> Krista, share with us your social media uh, venues so folks can go check out more of your work. Sure. So I have the Instagram account and Facebook. My handle on both would be at Deer Run Vintage, all one word. Um, I recently did start a TikTok account, but it's just in the baby stages right now. Um, (laughs) But if they're interested in any of my videos, then that would be a place that they could head to as well. Also at Deer Run Vintage. Excellent. Well, I guess we have to say back to work, and that's not necessarily refinishing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm still at my day job right now with my planning period time right now. So students are not with me, but they will be soon. All right. Well, we'll let you go so you can get back to work. But thanks again for taking time out of your busy day. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, take care. Thanks for hanging with us to the end as we have some announcements that will provide you with opportunities to get noticed. This month, the Zebra Review judges decided to make the November theme all about whites in honor of lung cancer awareness. Just like breast cancer, many have felt the ravaging effects of this horrible disease as well. Several years ago, my Aunt Annette passed to lung cancer. She was a wonderful lady who I always remember as a phenomenal listener. She always showed so much interest in those around her. We also want to recognize Sarah with Pop Salvage. She writes on her IG account, Exactly a year ago, I lost my beautiful mother to stage 4 lung cancer. Her name was Penny. She was 60 years old and was diagnosed only a few months prior to her passing. I'm sure many of you as well are thinking of someone right now who has passed or is fighting this disease. Our prayers are with you all. If you want to participate in this month's contest, make sure you tag your painted white pieces with the Zebra Review. Your piece has to be painted between November 1st and November 30th, 2021. We have a great group of sponsors who've joined in our contest, Lily Moon Paint, Surf Prep Sanding, and D Lawless Hardware. enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on our EnjoyZebra.com site along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing.